voice of liberty for Collin County. And I am here to tell you next week, Tuesday. That's right. Next week, Tuesday, we are going to be having two separate interviews or discussions going on at the Collin County Patriots. That is Tuesday. We're going to be starting at 7 o'clock at the pantry downtown. Now, we ask you, come early. Come buy some food, hang out, support the local business, visit the Cocktail Creamery. We want these guys to stay happy and in business. The best way to show your support for Liberty is to support those businesses that support Liberty. All right. First up, we're going to have an interview with two guys that were actually present at the unarmed insurrection that we've heard so much about for over two years. That's right. Two guys were at the January 6th. Troy Smocks, David Summerall. And I'm going to get an opportunity to interview them and give them the opportunity to tell you their side of the story. Because the one thing you can always be guaranteed is the official story, that which is coming from the government and the media complex, is not the whole truth. So what seems wise when you hear one first side of the story, if you will, gives you pause. Whoa, we don't know what happened here. But it might be helpful to hear the other side of the story, and that's what we're going to be providing for you. So 30 or 40 minutes will be devoted to discussing the events of that evening, that day, and perhaps coming before and after. And some of the scary things that have happened since then, and how our government, I know, is abusing power. Imagine that. And while we're on the topic of abusing power, the second guest, or the second part of our show that night, will be with none other than Jeff Younger. Now, if you don't know who Jeff Younger is, you should know he is trying to prevent his ex-wife from destroying their son. Why do I say destroying? Well, when you transition somebody from male to female or female to male, which you really can't, but in the process, you neuter or spade them, you destroy their body physically, you create a false front, and quite frankly, Many of those people end up committing suicide because of what they've either done to themselves or, in this case, what a misguided or evil parent is trying to do to them. Nobody really wants this except for one woman. And through abuse of power, through the government court system, which is clearly overstepping, they're going to allow this to carry on as she flees to California, which is the last I heard, to where they routinely create gender modification surgeries you might be interested to see how all this happened how this is playing out and the tyranny that is brought about by our very own court system a very own abusive government right here in texas if you thought texas was immune you need to come tuesday night at the pantry downtown mckinney and find out just how bad things have become until then i will see you there well folks i hope you appreciated the intro um, as I'm transitioning uh, from one phase of uh, my political activism to another, the election is over. We've had our Veterans Day, and now it is time to start holding people accountable. Now you ask, what exactly are you referring to? What do you mean by holding people accountable? Well, as you may be aware, in the... Uh, conservative world, there are a lot of, shall we call them grifters? There are a lot of people that come and tell us one thing and then promptly do another. There are a lot of 
let's say, questionable things that happen. I, for one, would like to know what the truth is. You can't know what the truth is until you hear both sides of the story. However, when you do that, sometimes you find out things that you don't want to know, whether it's with your elected officials or the people down the road from you. I would caution that you should question everything. You should never take somebody's word for something. You need to double check everything. That goes for me as well. And I've told you time and time again, just because I tell you something doesn't mean I'm always right. That means you have to double check and research everything. You have to know the truth. The problem is in today's day and age, it is becoming increasingly difficult to divine the truth from all the garbage that is presented to us. Sometimes you have to go through the garbage and figure out what of the garbage that you're presenting might actually be true. And I would say in most of the time, the general media, perhaps 20%, maybe 15% is true or actual information being passed along. And the rest is spin. And you can define that spin however you want, but it's presented to shade, color, and deceive you from what the truth is. Now, I make it a practice to speak off the cuff and speak on the truth that I understand it at the time that I'm speaking. Sometimes you make mistakes. Sometimes you're found out that you are in error. But you have to be willing to own it and step up and say, you know what? Yeah, I said this. Because I believe this, and this is why I believed it, and this is why I am wrong. Or this is what I found out that disproves this. Or this is, you know, brought into question whether or not that is accurate. But you have to be willing to acknowledge when you've made a mistake. You have to be willing to correct your errors. And a lot of times, people aren't willing to do that. They'll double down. They'll triple down. Now, we see that play out on the left all the time. The social justice warriors, if you will, are really good at doubling down or tripling down. But we on the right define that how you want. But we that are patriots or conservatives or liberty lovers or however you want to define yourself, how about just go under the banner of Christians, right? Those of us in Christendom, we're supposed to acknowledge when we've made a mistake, when we're wrong. We need to ask for forgiveness when that happens. We have to be willing to have a good explanation a lot of times when you've done something wrong so that the person that you've wronged or aggrieved can feel comfortable and forgiving you in your action or your statement. It becomes exceedingly difficult to live a clear and clean conscience Christian life if you're willing to stick your neck out. Now, you can do that if you live a pietist life and you never leave the church, right? You hide behind those rose-colored stained glass windows, never ever going out into the public. You can hide as a pastor and refuse to get involved in politics because you might sully your reputation. You can do all of those things. But I ask you, if you're doing that, are you salt? Are you light? When you step out and you work in faith and you practice your faith, you make mistakes. You can't be afraid to make mistakes, but you have to be willing to acknowledge, yes, I've made a mistake. 
I see the error of the way, and this is what I'm going to do to correct it. Now, I've had that happen to me over the course of my life. I've been wrong on occasion. My wife would be quick to remind me that, well, you've been wrong sometimes. Yes, that does happen. And honestly, most of the time, that's why I speak to a general principle or a general idea rather than get mucked up in the individual details because you can have all your details right and mess up on one point and now nobody will believe anything you've said because you were off on this. Now, there's lots of examples that could be used on this. For instance, you could say so-and-so is cheating on his wife and this is the person they're cheating with. And, for instance, you get that person's name wrong. Well, now, you, how do we know that you got any of that right now? I'm going to disbelieve everything you said. Never mind the fact the person's cheating on his wife. Never mind the fact that, you know, there's an actual problem there that you accurately described. But because you got that one point wrong, now you've discredited yourself and the whole accusation. Now, should it be that way? Well, maybe, maybe not. But you're opening yourself up to have your own credibility questioned. You have to be careful about that. On, on lesser important things, right? So you, you talk about what our legislature has been doing, and they say they passed a constitutional carry bill. Now, you know when you read that that that's not constitutional carry. You know that that's a basically fraudulent claim, yet that's what they titled it. So when you refute that, they look at you like you're wrong, you're crazy. And all the elected officials run around saying how they pass constitutional carry when anybody that's read it or actually looked at it knows full well, at best, it's a limited permitless carry, not constitutional carry. But, you know, we, we changed the name and we redefined it. So now, therefore, we can claim that that's what we've done. Well, who's wrong? The redefinition of a word doesn't make it accurate or true. I mean, just because we've changed the definition that um, guys with penises that they lop off can suddenly become women, that doesn't make it true. They can change their name. They can put on makeup. They can get a set of bolt-ons, but they're still a dude. And in case you're wondering, yes, I am referring to a man named Bruce that pretends he's called Caitlin, that we all go along with this fallacy that, well, because he wants to be something different or because he feels that he's something different, that somehow we're doing him justice, we're doing his family justice by acknowledging this and quote-unquote accepting this as a society. Well, I'm sure that Bruce is a nice guy. I'm sure that would be some interesting conversations had, but I am not, for one, going to pretend that he's anything other than a dude that's had some surgery and puts makeup and a dress on. That doesn't mean I'm going to be rude. That it's going to be mean I'm going to treat him poorly. It doesn't mean that I'm going to pretend he's not a human. There's a real issue there. I'm not quite sure how this world came to this place that we're going to pretend that's normal or that's a good thing. I'm not sure how we've came to the place in our world where somehow all the other crazy perverted things that are going on should be treated as normal and those that question us are the problem. I don't really understand how it is perfectly acceptable to sue a guy that can't make a ba- or I'm sorry, that can't decorate a cake that he baked to celebrate something he doesn't believe in, yet we're supposed to all accept and pay for somebody to go kill their baby. How is that the same thing? Well, 
Courts have come in and said that he must do that against his will. Then courts have come in and said we must do something else against our will. Isn't that a congruent answer? Yeah, but they're both wrong. If you can't see that it's two sides of the same operation, there's a problem for you. When when the very state of Indiana and Arkansas backed down because a couple of businesses bullied them, saying that they were going to take their business out because you were going to respect people's religious freedom. What does that mean? That means we're being run by cowards is what it means. That means that those people with R's after their name, they don't really have a backbone. They're not really just willing to stand up for we the people. They're not willing to take a jab on the chin and get up the next day and keep fighting. They're not willing to actually do the job they were hired to do. Whether it's our governor or the former governor who is now a former vice president, if you can't stand up for what's right when it matters, we don't need you. You're nothing more than a placeholder. We need men of action, men of courage to step up, to take the reins and do something with it. I've talked about many times, Texas, I've talked about, you know, independence and holding people accountable and pushing back against the federal government. And for that matter, if you're at the local level, if the state government overreaches or steps out of line, you need to be willing to push back on that. But that goes both ways because the state is the sovereign based upon our constitutions and what we, the people said we wanted. But the state forgets that they work for us. They forget that they're bound by the very constitution that created them. They do what they want. And when we let them get away with it, they just do more. Now is the time the election's over. We can quit pretending that the R's are on our team, that the R's give one wit for what we the people want. Oh, they may hate us less than the D's. Oh, they may play nicer than the D's. But at the end of the day, they're really concerned and consumed with maintaining their own power, their own authority, their own elected office, and quite frankly, their own pocketbooks. They say everybody votes their pocketbook, but if that's the case, if that's the truth, how do you explain the outcome of November 8th? I can't. Yeah, we can blame the Democrats that they cheated. Okay, that's fair. But where are the Republicans? They knew darn good and well what was going to happen, and they've done nothing. The little coward Oz cucked under and submitted before even the votes were finished being counted because he was down by 1%. Well, when you've got half a million voters and you're down by 30,000 votes, at the very least, you ought to demand a recount. At the very least, you know the political machine in Philadelphia is a joke and they're full of liars and cheats. And if you're not willing to at least stand up for yourself, how do we know that you won't stand up for us? Oh, that's right. We do know because you won't stand up for yourself when your own butt's on the line. We know you're not going to stand up for us. Now, I referenced the idea that Michigan and, and uh, Wisconsin reelected their jackbooted thugs that posed as governors. I don't understand how that happened, but, huh, you know, if we were to believe the outcome of the ballots, clearly that's what happened. That should be concerning. That should be causing a pause for concern. All the elections that we, the people, believed were actually going to be close went to the Democrats and we're not the least bit surprised and not the least bit concerned that the so-called red tsunami didn't happen. Well, aren't you just a little bit curious how that happens? 
Aren't you just a little bit curious how Carrie Lake's up by five points in the polls and is now suddenly allegedly down by 30,000 votes? Does anybody find that a little odd? A little curious how every poll that we ever see is skewed Democrat and we snatch that uh, victory from the jaws of defeat. Yet when we're supposed to win, we suddenly lose. And oh, by the way, it's usually by less than a percentage point. And oh, by the way, there were ballot anomalies and ballot counting errors and all sorts of other unexplainable things. But yet we accept it. We're good little Republicans. We're going to cuck under and not worry about it. Well, fortunately, apparently, Carrie Lake's build of tougher stuff than Oz. And she's going to stand up and fight because she thinks and believes that she actually won. Now let's wait and see what happens. Let's see if the Secretary of State who's supposed to run the election and keep it clean, who had a direct vested conflict of interest in running for governor, somehow didn't have to recuse herself and the Republicans were okay with that. The Republicans signed off on that. Where are they? Bunch of cowards is what they are. Now, we in Texas, we have the same exact thing. Oh, yeah, maybe we picked up a couple of seats in the Texas State House. Does that mean we're going to actually see any of our principles upheld, any of our priorities pushed through? Not if we elect the same Speaker of the House, Dade Phelan. Yet, without fail, our caucus, our people from Collin County have already started to line up about how can we help Dade Phelan get re-election. He was the most conservative speaker ever! Does any of this sound familiar? We hear the same tripe every two years from the representatives that we send back. Now, I will be honest. I was pleased with the outcome of 2021. I think that legislative session was much better than the one in 2019. And 2019 was marginally better than 2017. It only took us two changes of the Speaker of the House to get something that was nominally better. Now, We have a guy that's throwing his hat in the ring, Tinderholt. He wants to run to be the Speaker of the Texas House. I support anybody that's willing to challenge the current Speaker of the House. Even if I don't necessarily think they're the guy or the right one, the mere idea that you have somebody that's right of center, that's willing to challenge the status quo is a win in our book. Win in my book, excuse me. But I think what we're going to see is other than maybe a handful of state reps, all the rest are going to line up at the trough that the speaker is going to promise them to be fed out of. And every one of those representatives that's in Collin County has done us no services. They've done us no favors. They have not supported what we asked them to do because now that they've reelected him, They're going to likely go along with the same old, same old where we're going to take Democrats, make them the committee chairs, and then quietly kill the bills that we want so desperately to get passed in the Texas House. And you may ask yourself, well, how does that happen? Why does that happen? It's because we keep electing the same people. Now, I hope, I sincerely hope that I am surprised And all of our state reps out of Collin County are going to march to the right. They're going to move that Overton window over and they're going to 
carry our water for us. I sincerely hope they're going to do a better job than what they've done in the previous cycle, which is better than the previous cycle. Now, yes, I know we have (coughs) neutered, if you will, suppressed our advantage because, quite frankly, we lost the race that some of us didn't really want to win. That would be HD 70. Oh, I see some of us. I don't include myself with that. I very much had mixed feelings about HD 70. And now that the race is over and we can quit pretending to all be good Republicans, let me just tell you, I find it challenging at best to support somebody that we know is basically Mitt Romney, that we know is basically Liz Cheney and is going to do nothing to support our values, but has an R after their name. It is extremely challenging, but we were willing to take one for the team when she won the primary. Now, that primary was fraught with issues, right? We had four or five people running, two two of which were conservative and actually some ways, shape, or form that we could argue we were much better candidates than the lady that won. And there was a lot of people upset because they didn't like what she did when she was on the city council. They didn't like what she did while she was helping to run the city of Plano and turn it into the mess that it is. So they had severe doubts and well-placed doubts, but she got big money from, oh, the Speaker of the House, the Governor, the Lieutenant Governor. You know, how does that work? The people that undermine us the most are the ones that are supposed to be on our team. But we were, most of us, were willing to put... Aside our differences, at least we get a nominally Republican there that would help our team. Well, let me ask you, if that person's the weakest link and we can't get anything done because that one person refuses to go along, is that really helping us? So we got maybe 30% of what we wanted? Is that a win? I mean, we could probably get 30% out of the Democrat, right? I'm just guessing. What's the difference? So the Democrats put the thumb actually the whole palm of their influence in Plano on the HD 70 race and then promptly abandoned the person that they supported to win our race. Why? Because they could. Why? Because we don't have closed primaries. Why? Because they chose our candidate for us. This same candidate showed up to an executive committee meeting and I've talked about this before. And basically, after getting lambasted, and in my opinion, rightfully so, rather than say something, oh, I don't know, like, hey, guys, I know we have our differences. And, you know, I realize that maybe I'm not your first choice. And I know that there's going to be some significant policy differences. But I want you to know I'm on the team. I want you to know I'm going to support at least what the governor needs done. I want you to know that I want what's best overall. We're just going to disagree on a lot of these other things here. But I need you to look past that because I'm on your team. No, 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 that's not what happened. She promptly told us all, well, I don't need you. I don't need the executive committee's help. I don't need you precinct chairs. I'm going to win this anyway. Now, she may very well ask for a recount and she may may very well eke out a win depending on um, the ballots, right? But as it stands now, she lost by 900 votes. And I'm going to tell you, I'm just going to speculate here that between the Democrats that promptly abandoned her when they 
got her up as the lesser evil and the hardcore Republicans that just couldn't stomach the idea that they'd have to go vote for somebody who clearly really isn't on the team, who clearly told us all to go pound sand. So we got stuck with a Democrat. Now, is this Democrat the worst thing? Maybe. She is completely leftist. I mean, in theory, we might be able to run a good Republican against her in two years and beat her. But if the Democrats continue to choose our candidates for us in the primaries, that's going to be a problem. But I can tell you one more thing. I'm fairly certain that we're not going to get a closed primary anytime soon. And for those of you that are purists out there, and I hear you, we shouldn't really need primaries. We we shouldn't really need parties. Yeah, okay, that might be all well and true, but that's not the world we live in right now. Just like I think that Well, we really don't need government schools. That's not the world we live in right now. We have to accept the world for what it is and work with what we have and try and get the best outcome that we possibly can, which means that the Republican Party, if they are really, truly conservative or really, truly concerned about representing the people that spent all their time, money and effort to get them elected, they would close the primaries. They would actually support and put forth our priorities. They would be supportive of our principles. They wouldn't feed us a line of bull and tell us that it's good for us. Again, the time has come. It's time to start holding these guys accountable. I'm hopeful. I have wishful thinking that we're going to get good results. I am more than willing to work with my new state rep. I am more than willing to help my state rep. But he's going to have to ask me. He's the man now, and he's got to be willing to say, you know what? I can't cover all this. I I need help. Now, do I expect that? No. Did I burn the bridge? No. I've done everything I could to keep that bridge there and be fair, be transparent. And quite honestly, I didn't go negative ever. I tried to stay fully objective during our primary season. I tried to give everybody a fair shake. We'll see what happens. I won't be holding my breath, just like I won't be holding my breath when it comes to the legislative session. But here's the thing. I've told you, if you are interested, if you feel the slightest bit like it'd be worth your time to go to Austin, Brandon Burden, North Texas Conservatives, He is going to be getting a bus. He's going to be chartering a bus down there once a week during that legislative session. You need to find him. Go to North Texas Conservatives. Look him up and see, hey, man, I really want to go down there. What do I need to do? How can I participate in this? How can I affect a change down in Austin? Because you know what? We do have some influence, small, but some influence of what goes on in Austin. And for those of you that can't go down to Austin, but are really interested and want to be heard by the state reps, you need to find out where Brian Newman's at. Yep. He does Colin Strong. And I fully expect Colin Strong is going to be having Zoom meetings probably once a week during the legislative session. Reach out to him. See if you can get involved in that. See if you can get your 90 seconds to tell our state reps, our state center, what it is that you're most concerned about. Look him up. He's a good guy. Actually, both the guys are good guys. Reach out to them. Ask, how can you be involved? What can you do? One way is a trip down to Austin. The other way is on the Zoom call. 
You got to get involved. You got to make a difference. Now, look, I know there's a lot of you out there. You just don't have that much time or you don't have the money. This is very low impact. I mean, it's probably going to run you 50, 60 bucks to go down to Austin for a day, take a day off of work. Most of us have PTO and you can do that. The Zoom call, you can sit in the comfort of your home, get in front of your computer for an hour and a half or however long it's going to be, and you can be heard and you can hear what they have to say. You can help hold these guys accountable. I'll tell you what, the other thing that's going to happen, at Collin County Patriots, where I'm a member, we're going to start offering to send postcards down. We're going to provide them for you. You fill them out, put your return address on there, and we'll get those mailed out for you. Show up at our meetings. They're Tuesday nights. Currently, they're downtown at the pantry. The next one up is uh, November the 15th. That's this coming Tuesday. I've already done the promo for that. Come see us. We'll get you set up with a postcard, fill out the information, and we will set it down. It's not that hard, folks. It's bare minimum input here that can make a huge impact. These people need to see that we care about what they're doing. Just like at the school board meeting, which again is going on on November 15th, in case you've forgotten. The school board has been dinking around for an entire year to how to best address, how to best address a lot of, uh, let's just call it, not age-appropriate pornographic books and materials that are available in our school libraries, paid for with our tax dollars, and they haven't been able to come up with an adequate solution, in my opinion. To the best of my knowledge, they still don't have an adequate solution. Now, they may find a way to wash their hands of it. They may find a way to pawn that off on somebody else. They may find a way to just give you some kind of half... (laughs) I'm going to edit the other word out solution of how they are going to fix this for us. But you know what? For an entire year, parents, concerned parents, concerned grandparents have been showing up and speaking at the school board meetings. And it's gotten to the point where they're starting to feel the heat so much so that they had to drag in our mayor and the mayor has come in and laid down the law that all these people that are concerned enough to invest a year's worth of one day a week, to be heard, don't matter, that they're irrelevant, and they're a bunch of radicals. Really? Really? That's the best you got? I thought we rewarded people for being concerned. I thought we appreciated people that spoke out and wanted to protect people, particularly the innocent or the weak. Well, that's only well and good when you are on the same team, when you agree with whatever the pronouncement of what is, is. So, I was told that I should go join the circus. So I can only surmise by that 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 was an invitation to the city council meetings because apparently they're an even bigger circus than the school board meetings. So I will take that to heart. Perhaps maybe I'll start going there and paying attention to see what's going on. Now I know, at least nominally, there are some people on the city council that might have differences of opinion, even though they won't voice it or act on it. But perhaps if they see that there are some people there that are interested and involved and would like to see something different, maybe we'll give them a little dose of courage. Maybe we'll cause them to suddenly find some spine. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I, for one, I want you to all know there's plenty of opportunities. There are ways to affect change. There are ways to be involved. Some are minimal. Some are very low impact and some are high impact, but 
have a bigger cost. It is never for me to tell you what you must do. I am only here to tell you what you can do. To put in the effort. To make a difference. The tie into this is Veterans Day, right? I serve peacetime Navy. I will never ever equate what I've done to the men and now women that have seen combat or have served long term or have put their entire lives to the point where they've retired within the military. I will never ever equate my service to that. But I can tell you, every one of those people has made a sacrifice of their time, their energy, their family, their lives. At least most of them believe that they were making a difference, that they were defending their freedoms and liberties at home by going abroad to do other things that most people don't want to do. They were Many of them were willing to make the ultimate sacrifice, as was I. If you're not willing to just put in enough money to send out a postcard, if you're not willing to invest in an hour in a Zoom call, if you're not willing to invest two hours to go to a city council or a school board meeting, if you're not willing to, I don't know, go out and block walk or go to a local meeting and get educated on what's going on around here, I can't help you. We're going to provide you as many opportunities as we can, but I can't help you if you're not willing to take that one little step. And I'm going to use a little bit of emotional pull here. We were followed by generations of men and some women that were willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. The best way I believe you can honor that sacrifice is to make a minimal input right here and right now while we still can. And with that, this is according to Callus. <laughs> this was the Veterans Day special as it was coming out on Saturday. Yes, Saturday, November the 12th, the day after Veterans Day. As I said, it was a little infirm yesterday. Episode 302, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope that you thought it was worth your time. And I'm asking you, just get involved somewhere, somehow. And until then, I will see you on the other side.